Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that everyone and anyone is welcome to enjoy, but it's also a podcast that may not be welcomed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Kristen always gets on here like the bitch just woke up. And granted, this time <laughs> she did just wake up. But good Lord. Oh, put what do you expect from me? What oomph. do you expect from me? I what type oomph. of oomph? Be like, you know, what's up, guys? Like, what's going on? Give us a little bit of like, what the fuck? Because yeah. your ass be knocked out. That's Hi, not me. Everybody. Okay. Well, I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. You already know. Mm, mm, mm. And we are back today with another episode. Sorry, we're a day late, but a lot of shit was going on. You guys we are just probably- didn't feel like it. Okay. All right. Well, there are a lot of things are going on. Also, Kristen didn't feel like recording yesterday and she's human oh. or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, I want to tell you guys why we had to cancel the live show. So... As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I am engaged and my man works for a security contractor or whatever. And he got located out into the middle of nowhere on a small little island. And he flew out uh, like last week, I believe. And I have to head out there a lot sooner than I was expecting to. I thought I wouldn't have to go until after the show. But unfortunately, I have to get out there ASAP. So yeah, that's the long and short hairs of it. And thank you guys for being so understanding about it and listening to the extra episodes that we've posted. To be fair, <laughs> we're going to have another one yeah. and it'll be the real first live show. Yeah. So just, you know, prepare for that. Appreciate okay. you. Always, always. Are you guys ready to get started? Let's get into it. Okay. We have all heard about the cases where the justice system fucks up by arresting an innocent person and sentencing them to life in prison or even death. And it happens way too often in this country. But today we are going to talk about a case where the government let a killer go free just so they could kill again. Join us as we discuss the possessive, impulsive manipulator known as Wanda Jean Allen. Ooh. So we're talking about a bitch today. Period. <laughs> Her eyebrows are on point. Kristen, she's actually pretty. Like, like really pretty to me. Are we going to lie about her being beautiful? <laughs> no. We could, but we shouldn't. Her Not curls popping. Yeah. No, they have eyes. They see. Yeah, they'll see it. Wanda Jean was born August 17th, 1959 in Oklahoma. Kristen! What has happened in black true crime and black history? I do that every fucking time. <laughs> you really do. Cut it out. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna edit it out this time. <laughs> what happened in black history in 1959? Okay, guys. Well, let's just say I'm feeling myself today. If you get oh, what I mean. Guys, and- she just rubbed herself <laughs> down. If you're not on Patreon, what are you doing? Get, get to it. <laughs> Because that was a bit much. <laughs> Ice me out. Oh, my Ice God. 
<laughs> You're giving okay. drunk vibes at 9 a.m. <laughs> this is what happens when you wake me the heck up to do a dog on podcast. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into it. Picture this, guys. 1959. In March, the first play ever authored and made by a black woman debuts in Broadway or on Broadway. I think you say on Broadway. On Broadway. <gasps> on Broadway. It is called A Raisin in the Sun, and it was created by Lorraine Hansberry. So for those of you who don't know what A Raisin in the Sun is about, it is a um, story about a black family in South Chicago trying to improve their life after they just got an insurance payout from the death of the father of the household. So they're going through things like discrimination, housing discrimination, racism, cultural assimilation, trying to live a better life in South Chicago. (gasps) Fuck off. Hold on one question. Is it a book too? It is a book, I believe, and it is most definitely a movie. The movie came out in 1961. Okay, I might have to look into that. Yes, facts. In 1959, the same year that it debuted, it was also named the best play of 1959. So wow. Lorraine Hansberry did that. A Go Lorraine! About- Go Lorraine! Lorraine! Okay, <laughs> a little bit about Lorraine. Lorraine was a lesbian. Okay? Ooh, Lorraine. Now, back in 1959, being a lesbian or a homosexual at all was very controversial, very taboo, um, and they were discriminated against a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that didn't stop Lorraine. At the age of 29, she won the New York Drama Critics Circle Award. <gasps> 29, y'all. Is this a joke? No, it's not. And But unfortunately, in 1965, at the age of 35, Lorraine died of pancreatic cancer. No, 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 no. So even though she had a short life, she still lived her life to the fullest. We only said a couple of things she was awarded for. Not to mention, she opened up this her own newspaper called Freedom to discuss things like lesbianism, racism. Wow. She talked to people like W.E.B. Du Bois. So she was that girl. W.E.B. Du Bois. Period. Web. What you know? <laughs> wow, Lorraine. A month later, April 26th, a man named Mac Charles Parker was lynched near oh, Poplarville, Mississippi. Uh-oh. So even though you see the progression of black people, you still mm-hmm. see things that were happening that yeah. were detrimental to the black community um, and tells the tale of our past, like lynchings in 1959. Holy moly. That's, That's it for good. today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so she has for us today. Well, thank you, Kristen, for that trip down Black History Lane. You're welcome. I enjoyed that. Go Lorraine. Go Lorraine. Lorraine. And happenstancedly, Wanda Jean is also a lesbian. Okay. Who would have thunk it? Hey, Wanda. Oh, forgot she's the criminal. We don't. We don't. We don't say hey to criminals. <laughs> she's a murderer. To killers at that. <laughs> Okay, so Wanda Jean was born in 1959. She was one of eight children. She was actually the second oldest. She had an older brother named Bill, who was a shit show. <laughs> and I say that because I see him later in life and he was just a hot mess. Okay. Mm. But, you know, she was a good sister to the seven of them. Their mother, Mary, was an alcoholic who didn't stop drinking during any of her pregnancies. Oh, wow. 
And you could tell there was an effect on her children. I will just say that. Did they have fetal alcohol syndrome? I don't know that for a fact, but like if you hear Bill talk, which is the oldest brother, you can kind of tell that there may be something off with him. So, yeah. Their father left the family shortly after the last sibling was born. So it was just Mary and all her kids. Mary was unable. I know, right? So hard. Mary was unable to hold down a job and the family was dependent on help from the state. They lived in a housing project in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. As the second oldest, Wanda Jean felt responsible for her siblings and would do whatever she had to to make sure they had food and clothes to put on. Although she worked a number of odd jobs as a young teenager, her earnings didn't go far in a family that large, and she often resorted to stealing money and food. Which Mm. I feel like her story is so similar to so many other people that we've covered already, but it's so important to talk about. Yeah. As a result of this, she was known to local police and even spent time locked up in juvenile detention centers. When Wanda Jean was 12 years old, she was hit by a truck and knocked unconscious. Jeez Louise. Yeah. She was walking with her older brother, Bill. And according to the way Bill tells the story, she was younger than 12. But either way, they were walking across the street and he swore she was behind him. And when he turned around, he saw her get hit by the truck, fly in the air, and basically land on her head. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Then when she was 14, she was stabbed in her left temple. As in her head. Right. Like, <laughs> first of all, her face. who is stabbing in people's heads? I don't I know. I just don't but... understand how that works out. I couldn't find any information about that situation, but real dark and for so you a don't 14 know who year old she was stabbed by no i couldn't like find that. there was no information about it wow i know she obviously recovered but you can guess what kind of effect this probably had on her mentally and you know physically and stuff like that on top of already being like a alky baby and that not even trying to be offensive like that's real shit you know yes it's called fas <laughs> yes look it up which i probably should have but yes mm-hmm. At age 15, Wanda found herself back in a juvenile detention center for reasons I wasn't able to find. But while she was there, a psychologist examined her and said that her IQ was 61, meaning she was mentally retarded, technically. Not severely, but on the measuring scale of the IQ test, she scored as having a mental retardation. I saw in other places it was 69, but... 61, 69, that's still in the range of having mental retardation. Mm -hmm. Found particularly significant was that her left hemisphere was dysfunctional, impairing her comprehension, her ability to logically express herself, and her ability to analyze cause and effect relationships. It was also concluded that Wanda was more vulnerable than others to becoming disorganized by everyday stresses, and thus more vulnerable to a loss of control under stress. So basically her impulse control like system in her brain was fucked up. Right. Which makes sense. Like it completely makes sense. Normal people today do not know how to handle stress very well. So mm-hmm. they often lose control. Yeah. And that's without having like actual brain issues, damage, you know, yeah. brain damage. <laughs> Absolutely. Cause they might have issues. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but let's not get into it. <laughs> right. We'll be here all day. We won't do that here. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not today. The doctor recommended that she be sent for more neurological testing and that she receive supervision. Like just more guidance, more eyes on her just to make sure, you know, the bitch is good. But that was never done. I was going to say, who's going to do that? Nope. (laughs) Nobody. Wanda somehow was still going to school, but struggled and reportedly ended up dropping out of high school before her senior year when she was 17. And controversy about this will pop up again later. So just keep an eye out for that. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1981, Wanda Jean was 17 years old. Now, there's not much that I could find that discussed her life between the time she was 17 and the time she was 21. But I'm just assuming that she was still living in Oklahoma because what happens next happens in Oklahoma. Okay. So she was out of juvie, at least by this point. Yeah. Yeah. She was definitely out of juvie. She was working. She had some type of job and she was actually living with a woman named Deidre Pettis. They were in a romantic relationship together and they had actually grown up together in Oklahoma City. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. On June 29th, 1981, Wanda Jean and Deidre, or Deidre, I want to say Deidre. I would definitely want to say Deidre. (laughs) Because what is Deidre? Deidre. (laughs) And that sounds like a pun intended. Yeah, that's a very fucking mean one. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So on June 29th, 1981, Wanda Jean and Deidre had a disagreement. And according to Wanda, Deidre's boyfriend was present and tried to shoot at her. When she went to return fire at the boyfriend, Deidre stepped in front of her and was accidentally shot in the chest. Wow. Mm -hmm. She told police that she had been standing about 30 feet away from Deidre when the gun went off and had never intended to hit her. She was acting basically in self-defense because if the boyfriend's shooting at her, she has a right to, you know, return fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Prosecutors decided to offer Wanda a plea deal stating that if she pled guilty to manslaughter, she would receive a four-year prison sentence. Of which she would only end up serving two years. Actually, less than two years. Wow. For literally taking Deidre's life. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, yeah, under the... Suspicion of it was an accident, though? I don't know. Well, hold on to that. Forensic evidence emphatically contradicted Wanda's story. Deidre had bruises on her face consistent with being pistol-whipped, along with stippling marks suggesting that Deidre was shot a lot closer than 30 feet away. So I'm guessing the stippling marks is like when you fire a gun, there's like gunpowder and stuff that comes out of the side of it. and if you're standing far enough away from your target, it's not going to get on your target. But if you're too close, those stippling thingies are going to get on the target and leave marks. And that's what happened with Deidre. Isn't that fucking And they wild? knew this before they gave her the plea deal? Yes. Yes. And I, I... don't know. I don't know why they gave her such a kick-ass deal for something so fucking terrible. But I do want to think that they took into account her mental health history. Mm-hmm. I did read somewhere that that was a possibility for su- for the light sentence. There's no way to really Mid- know. Mitigating factors, but also I would love to know like if or whether the boyfriend who was supposedly mm-hmm. doing the shooting, if he was used as a witness 
in the case at all or if he had anything to say that contradicted her story. Kristen, thank you for bringing that up because when I read it, I was like, well, couldn't the boyfriend just say, no, that didn't happen? Or, you know, no, I wasn't shooting at her. Or, yes, I was shooting at her. It could have easily been, you know, I would say solved from that. But you can't just trust someone's word all the time. Let's be real. Right. He just lost his girlfriend, you know, to the hands of this bitch. So Wanda would end up being released for the 1981 murder in 1982. Oh, wow. So, like I said, not much time in prison at all. And during her very short stint, Wanda met another woman named Gloria Jean Leathers. So, Wanda Jean and Gloria Jean, that's cute or whatever. (laughs) They apparently grew very close to each other, but lost touch. She's gorgeous. I was like, what happened to you? She's stunning. (laughs) Breathtaking. Absolutely beautiful. When I saw her, I wanted to immediately invade her space and hug her. Like, she just gave me that vibe. Her smile lights up my life. Right? Well, listen to this. (laughs) We're going to get a little bit into some things that I don't want. Gloria was into. Okay. Oh, yeah, because they did meet in prison. They did, Kristen. They did. So Wanda was released and they lost touch after that. But when Gloria got out of prison in 1986, which was four years later, they rekindled their friendship, which eventually grew into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Gloria, what the heck were you in prison for for five years? Beach, what did you do? Well, right. We'll get to it. Like Wanda Jean, Gloria had a violent past, too. She had several arrests for assault and battery and herself had served time for stabbing a woman to death. That's what she was in jail for when she met Wanda Jean. Oops. Yeah. So that bitch ain't playing either. <laughs> Look at her picture now. Do you still want to was... hug her? <laughs> Maybe not. But <laughs> it's just, it blows my mind with our show that every single case we go over, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you could tell that he did it. Mm-hmm. But when you look at a person, you just never know the yeah. the things that they are capable of. Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere, I think you come across like 63 serial killers in your life or some shit like that or murderers or something like that. And you just would never know. Which is so crazy. That's insane. The two women brought their violent streaks into their relationship and had police called on them numerous times because of their fighting. More facts about their relationship dynamic would come out later, so we will get to it. On December 2nd, on December 2nd, 1988, Wanda Jean and Gloria got into an argument at a grocery store over money. Gloria had just received her welfare check and Wanda was demanding that she hand it over, which I would be like, bitch, you got me fucked. I would you say cannot have my Wanda. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wanda was trying to be daddy. Let's I I can reveal that to you. She was trying to be pimp daddy, is what she's <laughs> trying to be. That's more of what I'm getting, because bitch, you can't have my money. What are you talking about? Gloria obviously refused, and as the fight escalated, onlookers called police to the location. Gloria asked the responding officer if he would escort her home so that she could get some stuff and just go to her mother's house. She was tired of the toxic shit with Wanda and just wanted the relationship to be over. The officer agreed and took both women back to the house they shared. He stayed outside while Gloria packed her things and called her mother to come get her. So the officer was still there when 
Gloria's mother arrived and everything was still pretty calm. Wanda was furious that Gloria was leaving and threatened her, saying if she couldn't have her, no one could. Which is just textbook, like, I'm about to kill you. (laughs) Period. Like, if you need a hint, there it is. There it is. Boldly in your face. And Gloria took that bitch serious. She was like, oh, you're going to threaten my life, ho? Like, I'm not playing with you. So she told her mom, I want to go straight to the police station and file a formal complaint against this bitch. So I was like, you know, good for her. Like, she's being proactive. She's done with it. So her mother drives her to the police station. And while they're driving, neither of them are aware that Wanda has gotten into her own car and has started to follow them. Uh-huh. Okay, Wanda's weird, bro. She's she does way too much. <laughs> She's doing a lot. <laughs> way too much. Like, where is the business that she needs? Kristen, she can't Nowhere find to be it. found. No, no. It's, <laughs> and I think it's like the control freaking her. Like, it's ve- it just seems very manic. I don't have control over my situation. I'm freaking out. Absolutely. What am I going to do? Absolutely. So she follows them all the way into the police parking lot. And Wanda calmly waited in her car and watched as Gloria and her mother parked. When Gloria got out of the car and started walking to the door of the police station, Wanda quickly approached her and shot her in the stomach. Out front of the police station? Kristen, basically as the girl is about to walk into the door, two police officers inside the station heard the shot and rushed out front. They said they saw Wanda Jean still holding the gun, jumping back into her car and driving away. And then they saw Gloria on the ground. So, yeah. It's oh, my so gosh. So bold, so brazen, no fucks given. I just can't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. no, she didn't. Just yeah. shoot somebody in front of the police station. They see you, Wanda? Her woman. Like, she that was her woman. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, she was about to br- break up with her, but... No, she did. She did break she, up with her. She wanted <laughs> she to go did. actually she file a complaint against her. She and did. she said, no, B, I'm coming for you. And I don't yeah. care where you are and who's watching. Yeah, like you're not going to get in the way of what I got going on. Gloria's mother witnessed the shooting. And I'm going to play a clip for you guys from the HBO documentary by Liz Garbus. So you can hear her explain what she saw that day. She grabbed her side. She said, Mama Jean shot me. I said, oh, girl, stop playing. Jean ain't shot you. She said, she did, Mom. She shot me for it. So I looked at Jean. And Jean just turned real calm and just walked back to her car like she hadn't did anything. And I'm started looking at Jean, and I'm looking. I said, she did what, girl? She said, Jean shot me. So she moved her hand. When she moved her hand, it was a little bitty pinhole, a little bitty, little bitty spot right there. And I looked. I said, Jean shot you for real? When they raised her up and turned over, I looked down at all of her intestines and stuff was just hanging out the back. Dang. Not the intestines hanging out the back. Gloria's mom seemed like she a little off too. Kristen, well, people may be off. There are. I'm just saying. (laughs) Alcohol addiction can do things to you. I didn't know know Gloria's mom was addicted. Well, hey, I don't know either, I'm assuming, but fuck, on it. I mean, what, we're going to assume she has a mental uh, mental instability, uh, but I can't I assume that she's that was All on I'm drugs? saying is she seems a little off. I don't know 
you can make your assumptions from that but yeah it could be drug related it could be because well, it doesn't matter either way her daughter was killed right in front of her either way that was insane to to hear that she saw like a little pinhole but in the back like her intestines were out like yeah they probably the bullet probably went through and through type of thing and came out and just ripped it yeah just ripped it out oh that poor woman because gloria was still conscious she was able to tell police who had shot her literally it can't get any better than that from the mouth of the victim gloria was rushed to the hospital where she would die five days later on december 7th from gangrene of the bowel so just an infection yeah so sad Police would later find a 38 caliber gun near the woman's home, and they believe it was used to kill Gloria, which later they find out that it was used. So at this point, Wanda is on the run. Police know exactly who they're looking for. But somehow she's able to elude police for four days. For four fucking days. Until on December 7th, an anonymous caller tipped police off that she was staying in a house 70 miles away from Oklahoma City. She was charged with shooting with the intent to kill, and she was not happy <laughs> that the cameras were catching her arrest. I'm going to post a picture and probably a video, too, so you guys can see it. And if you're on Patreon, you're probably seeing it right now. <laughs> she literally, like, runs, <laughs> r- sprints into the station. She throws her leg up in another picture. It's a shit show. First of all, what is this wig she has on? <laughs> like- <laughs> That is cracking me up. Is it a wig? I didn't notice. It looks like a 1980 Confederacy wig. That be- <laughs> Not even 1962. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So the reason why she wasn't charged was. <laughs> okay, Chris is still laughing, guys. Hold on. <laughs> She's pretty flexible. She keeps her legs okay. real high. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Mm, mm, mm. The reason why she wasn't charged with murder at the time of her arrest is because Gloria was still fighting for her life in the hospital. But just two hours after Wanda Jean's arrest, Gloria took her last breath. So, thank the Lord her killer was already in custody. You know. You don't hear of those type of cases often. Not, not, not often at all. Rest in peace, Gloria. Rest in peace, Gloria. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Lieutenant Paul Kenneman was one of two police officers who transported Wanda back to Oklahoma City after her arrest. He said, quote, she became a bit emotional when we told her Gloria Leathers had died. She claimed she never meant to hurt Gloria, but I wondered, why did she follow Gloria with a gun? Wanda was very street smart. She knew what she was saying when we were questioning her and what we were after, and she always tried to build her own defense during those interviews end quote Hmm. so yeah wanda's not a dumb bitch we already know that she's had a couple of run-ins with law enforcement being that she's already been on trial or not on trial i'm sorry but dealt with the legal system regarding a murder already she's probably feels like she could get away with it because the first time she kind of did right Once the charges were upgraded to murder, the state quickly decided that they'd be seeking the death penalty in this case. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma's not fucking around. Her family scraped together $800 to hire a lawyer for her, but this is a decision they may have wished they didn't make. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
First off, the attorney her family hired had never defended a capital murder case before. And once he learned that the state was seeking the death penalty, he wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. He's like, I can't do this. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm in way over my head here. He, he said, this will not be my legacy. I cannot, like, I can't do this. What the fuck are you I'm saying? I'm not ready. And this is totally legal and actually something he is supposed to do. If you feel like you can't provide competent legal assistance, you should absolutely recuse yourself. So, okay, we'll get that right money thing. back. Well, of course, of course. Plus, with a budget of only $800, he didn't have a chance in winning that case by himself. You know, without assistance from the public defender's office, he would have had no fucking chance. So he asked the judge if he could get assistance. And the judge said, no, you can't have any assistance. Yeah. So then he's like, "Okay, well, can I just recuse myself altogether? And the judge said, no. How can the judge say no? Kristen... I think this is like a legal blunder or being a judge, you have the power to use your discretion. But I think in situations like this, when it comes to like a death penalty, capital murder charge, the defendant should have the best possible defense that they can fucking have. And if the defense says, I cannot give them what they need, how dare you tell them, um, you're staying anyway. You still have to defend this person. It sounds like, like a, like a father saying, Put your big boy pants on, yeah, you know, yeah, and keep yeah. doing this. Which Dad, is like, I don't want to play football. You gonna play football? <laughs> you know, like it just definitely seems like one of those moments. <laughs> Was it just like, who are you, judge? You're not my right. daddy. Like, get <laughs> out of here. Well, he is his daddy in the court because wow, what daddy they, judge? What that judge? Yes, daddy judge. Because what daddy judge says goes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I you'd like that. that. I knew you'd like that. I knew it. <laughs> Daddy Judge. Okay. Okay. Get it together. That reminds me of Scrub Daddy. <laughs> Never heard of it. Kayla, it's a whole household cleaning product. They oh. have Scrub Daddies and they have Scrub Mommies. Oh, cute. but they, I feel like they came out with Scrub Mommies because Scrub Daddies just sounded like mm, a little sexy. pimpish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. So from the very beginning, Wanda was already at a disadvantage because her attorney didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So when it came time for her trial, his best defense strategy was focusing on Gloria's violent past. Remember when she stabbed that woman to death in 1979 and the fact that Wanda was acting in self-defense. So that's the stance that Wanda told, yes, investigators. Wanda and her attorney claimed that when Wanda approached Gloria at the police station, Gloria started charging at her with a rake she'd pulled out of her mother's car. Mm, Mm -hmm. mm, mm. And this is the same rake that she claims that Gloria had hit her in the head with when they were still at the house. Wow. So mm -hmm. stretch. Right, right, right. We know this to be highly unfucking likely because there was no rake found at the scene or in Gloria's mom's car. And plus, Gloria's mom denied it. She was like, no, that didn't fucking happen. And plus, the policeman was there the whole time that they were even at the house. So he probably would have saw Gloria if she hit old girl with the rake. Exactly. And we're not sure that he was there up until the moment they headed straight to the police station. We don't know that for sure. But, you know. 
at the very least, even if she did hit her in the head at the house, I feel like that gives Wanda even more motive to chase her down and, and shoot her, you know, shoot her because she's mad. Her ego's bruised. Wanda also claimed that she was afraid of Gloria because Gloria would often brag about the murder that she'd committed, <laughs> which who knows? Maybe, but right. Maybe she did. <laughs> shit. I probably would. Like, don't <laughs> fuck with me. I've done this shit. You know, you know what I'm capable of. You know what I'm capable of. <laughs> the defense planned to corroborate these claims by calling Gloria's mother to the stand, but the court didn't allow it and said that the testimony would just be hearsay, which mm. I thought was pretty fair. Mm. The prosecution wanted to focus on the fact that Wanda was a remorseless liar. And that she was 100% capable of killing Gloria because she'd killed before. Yes. In fact, Wanda was still on probation for the murder of Deidre when she killed Gloria. Many speculate that this played a huge part in how the court treated Wanda. If she hadn't had a criminal record that was so, you know, violent, she might have gotten away with manslaughter charges. Yeah, for Who sure. Knows? I personally think it's because the court felt like they kind of got hoodwinked the first time with her first plea mm -hmm. deal. It was like, okay, she killed someone. She got less than two years and then she killed someone again. We fucked up. Yeah. Let's, you know, throw the book at her. Also, I feel like how dare you come to a police station and feel, you know, so outright that you can kill somebody out front of the police station. There has to be something said or done about that. Yeah, that's like a blatant violation of safety. Just respect. Really, absolutely, absolutely. Really fucking bold. Mm -hmm. One thing the prosecution did show that I feel was pretty damning is letters written by Wanda to Gloria with subliminal messages on them. So one said, quote, I'm the type of person who will hunt someone down I love and kill them. Mm -hmm. Why would she say that to Gloria? Was this supposed to be romantic? I don't know. But then she ends it with, do I make myself clear, Gloria? Mm -hmm. So no, bitch, it's not supposed to be romantic. It's a blatant threat. Like, <laughs> don't you fucking think about it, bitch. That's exactly what she's saying. She said, do I make myself clear? <laughs> Gloria, if I was Gloria, I'd be like, I'm going I'm back to on jail. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to prison. Like, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking who to, does she think, Who does she think she's talking to? Not I me. spent five years in the clink. She spent one. Who does she think she talking to? Kristen. I will have my motherfucking dukes up so quick. Like, Ready. Who are you to? Shoot. And she wrote this down as like she had time to think about the message she was sending. And this is what she's like landed on. This is what she decided on. And she knew exactly what she was doing. To threaten me? All right. <laughs> All right. The one <laughs> you love, you threaten them. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Another one has a gorilla on the front with a caption saying, quote, patience, my ass, I'm going to kill something. <laughs> and then Wanda wrote um, on the backside of it, quote, try to leave and you'll understand this card more. Dig for real. No joke. Love, Jean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bitch was crazy. Like, this is textbook manipulation, like fear tactics. In the worst way, because then she has the nerve to put love Jean at the end. How manipulative and abusive is that? And there's no subtlety in this message. There's no like, oh, you know, I really love you, but I will beat your ass. No, it's pure just, I'm going to kill you if you leave me, period. Love you. Love you. <laughs> but we'll also kill you. Bye. Period. 
like that's dangerous that's that's weird if anything at the least it's just weird Mm -hmm. and when wanda would sign letters as gene she would spell it j-e-n-e and she said that this was when she felt her masculine side taking more of like the forefront in a situation or the relationship. She even later stated that being locked up with the men in prison was something that she liked because she felt like they were a part of her. So she definitely had some duality going on there. That's a fact. And she was using it in not a good way because she was threatening, you know, her woman for goodness sake. So maybe she saw men as this masculine, um, aggressive, violent, you know, figure. And that's yeah. what she was trying to imitate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that. At 30 years old, Wanda Jean Allen was found guilty by a jury of somebody else's peers. Because <laughs> let's be honest, they were probably <laughs> not hers. <laughs> she was found guilty of first degree murder. Mm. So now it's time for sentencing. The defense wanted to highlight the positive things about Wanda Jean, like her relationship with her family and her good work habits. And they also reminded the jury of Wanda's fear of Gloria. The prosecution argued that Wanda should be sentenced to death because she had been previously convicted of a felony involving the use or threat of violence, that she was a continuing threat to society, and that she committed the murder to avoid arrest or prosecution. So those are the reasons that the prosecution listed like, hey, this is why she should receive Die. the death. Yeah, the death penalty. The jury found that the two aggravating circumstances existed, that the first two, I'm sorry, aggravated circumstances existed in Allen's case. And they decided to sentence her to death on April 27th, 1989. Jeez, don't commit no real crimes in Oklahoma because they're not going to play with you. And not gonna play with you. She wasn't, she was 29. It hadn't even hit her birthday yet. And they threw the chair at her. And it wasn't even, I've seen other people get off with worse crimes in other states. So Oklahoma must not have a lot of patience and tax money (laughs) to be paying for criminals. Yeah, it sounds kind of similar to Ohio. Ohio will, bitch, don't jaywalk in Ohio. Ohio will ring you up by your toes and not blink twice. Shit. So now it's time for appeals. Wanda, Wanda's finally getting a new legal team. Thank God for her. Led by an attorney named Steve Preston. Actually, I'm sorry, David Preston. Steve was David's brother who was like her legal coach, I want to say. And they actually ended up getting really, really close to Wanda and her family and were genuinely invested in saving her life, mm. which I feel like every person facing the death penalty should have someone fighting for them this way so yes wanda definitely had that to save you guys the suspense all of wanda's appeals would be denied despite a psychiatric evaluation conducted in 1995 showing clear and convincing evidence that cognitive and sensory motor deficits and brain dysfunction were in wanda's brain and it was Mm -hmm. most likely due to adolescent head injury situation so probably when she got hit by the truck or even stabbed in the fucking head yeah that might have something to do with it these issues were caused by you know those situations she would spend 12 years on death row and would be fighting for clemency up until the very day of her scheduled execution wow (laughs) can i just say the curls on wanda's head 
are giving me life, <laughs> even though she's about to die. Right. Right. Should we the like girls? make it a thing to where we try to say something, one positive thing about the murderers? Because. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it shows a bit of compassion mm-hmm. to say like this could have been anybody. Yeah. And objectivity. Yeah. So her hair is popping. She's a beautiful woman. I think she's gorgeous. The documentary I mentioned earlier by Liz Garbus that you can find on HBO Max or YouTube for free. I wasn't paying for that shit. It's It was really, really good. And it started filming a few months out from Wanda's scheduled execution. So I just want to tell you guys what I got from this documentary. It really helped me see who and how Wanda is. She's very likable, y'all. And it's kind of scary. Like, she's personable. She has this kind of energy that makes you feel like she's excited to talk to you. And she cares about what the fuck you have to say. Mm -hmm. and she gave her life to the Lord. Like, she became a Christian, so she's very passionate about that and will, like, pop out her Bible and read a verse to you, you know, in a second. But in the back of my head and, like, in my gut, I had this horrible feeling of, like, don't trust this bitch. Mm -hmm. I had this horrible feeling that I was being played, kind of. It was really weird, y'all, and I haven't gotten that type of feeling from any of the other, like, interviews and clips that I've watched of Killers, so... I definitely recommend you guys take a look at it and, you know, DM us. Tell us how you felt after you watched it. That's good. That's good. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, it's called uh, The Execution of Wanda Jean Allen. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And I'll just put the link in the description on blackgcrime.com slash blog. Go there. You'll find it. Yeah. In the documentary, her legal team is shown clearly working day and night on saving Wanda's life, and, you know, it's refreshing to see. They first had to prepare Wanda to go in front of a panel that will vote on if they feel Wanda deserves clemency. A bunch of people spoke at the hearing, including Gloria's older brother, and he stated that his family doesn't even want Wanda to die and don't believe in an eye for an eye. But because she was able to kill before and get out of jail, he didn't believe that they could promise him that she wouldn't get out again. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like putting them in a situation of like, well, if the only way that they can ensure that she doesn't hurt anyone else is to kill her, then, you know, what options do we have? Mm-hmm. The main. That's, that's deep. I was just going to say that's yeah. very deep. That's like a struggle. Definitely. Heck, an internal yeah. struggle. He's been thinking about that for a while. Yeah, and you can tell it goes against their faith. Mm-hmm. So it's really just like, what what the fuck do they do? But then again, it's like, don't let this girl out. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't dr- shit the bed again. Right. Easy. The main thing Wanda's new legal team wanted to focus on at the hearing was Wanda's mental disabilities. And that the fact that in her first trial, she was treated like a normal functioning member of society and how that was a complete like detriment to her case. The assistant attorney general was next to testify at the, the hearing. And what she said would cause a motherfucking stir. She went up there and basically told the board like, hey, yes, Wanda Jean has had things happen to her, you know, physically to hurt her. But she is not mentally, I hate this word, mentally retarded. She is not mentally disabled. She graduated high school. This is what the assistant attorney general said. She graduated high school. Not only did she graduate high school, she finished a two-year medical assistant program at a local college. Yeah. 
So in my head, I'm like, Juan, when the fuck does she have time to do this? Right. Like when when she got out of jail, you know, for the first murder between like that six year or that four year period before Gloria got out. Because I don't know when that would have happened. Also, when the fuck did she graduate high school? Because there is no record of her graduating high school. And in fact, she was in juvie up until she was 17 years old. So how did yeah. she finish her classes? In, well, in, she was um, she was in she was in and out of jail or it, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in and out of juvie. And when you're in juvie, they do offer like school program or whatever. But she didn't finish. She dropped out like she dropped out. So they basically lied at the hearing. And a lot of people feel like this had a huge part to play in the jury's decision. So December 15, 2000, the Oklahoma Board of Pardons and Parole panel of four, with three of the members being appointed by the governor himself. (coughs) Corruption. (coughs) Voted no to clemency with it being a three to one split. So the three people that were appointed, <laughs> appointed happened to say no. Yeah. And the one woman, you should have saw that woman's face. She was so disappointed in the, in the outcome. She was like the fucking system. Wow. Yep. After the hearing, David and Steve Preston were pissed because they had no idea that Wanda finished school or anything like that. And after investigating further, they found out that none of it was true. Oh, None of it was kidding me. She dropped out of high school. And even though she was interested in getting a medical assistant certificate, she never finished anything. She never finished the course, nothing like that. So this gives the brothers like a little oomph. They feel like, oh my God, we have a leg to stand on. You know, we might be able to fucking salvage this. They find that at her first trial for Gloria's death, remember, she was asked on the stand if she finished high school. And her answer was yes. Damn, man, Wanda. Why are you when, lying? You lying ass bitch. And when asked if she received any education after that, she replied with yes. So I guess she was trying to just seem like, look, I have education. I'm a smart woman. I wouldn't commit a murder. But in this situation, that was the last thing she should have done. And essentially sign her death i was about to say put the nail in the coffin absolutely after learning this her attorney headed over to the prison to tell wanda the news and this is what he said in the car on his way there it just doesn't seem real but i'm fixing to walk in here she's gonna have that smile on her face of hope that she always has you know and then i'm gonna tell her that we lost and she's gonna probably do what she usually does console me try and pump me back up fight ain't over and i'm gonna do my very best to support it but she's a dead woman dang straight like that like that man (laughs) okay so that was a lot yeah, he was hurting though. Like he's very, he was very emotional about the situation. In the, in but the at the same time, he was like trying to be like blunt because yeah. this is this is what's this is a part of his job. This is what he has to deal with. And even though he likes her, like she's a dead woman walking. Yeah, that's really wow. what it is. On January tenth, two thousand one, the day before her scheduled execution, a federal judge denied Wanda Jean's request for a stay and for a new clemency hearing. 
Her attorneys immediately announced that they plan to appeal the decision to the United States Supreme Court. And on January 11th, Governor Frank Keating, known for being an avid supporter of the death penalty, rejected her request for a stay. So they've basically done all they can do. Even though the governor admitted that he was concerned about whether or not the clemency board had been given an accurate picture of Wanda Jean's educational history. Because remember, they fucking lied and said she had all this education, all this knowledge, you know, and she, she didn't. In the end, he decided that it didn't matter. In a statement to reporters, he said, quote, I have to think about the woman she murdered in cold blood. I grieve for the families. I grieve for the dead. If a person takes another person's life premeditated, they take their own. End mm. quote. Wow. Shit. I'm like, that's very generalized and every situation isn't very, way. very black and white. And I feel like it should definitely be put into perspective, the victim's family's opinion, because if the family says, hey, don't kill her, just lock her up forever. I feel like that should matter more than what the fuck, you know, some governor thinks. Absolutely. About a situation he's never been in, you know? Absolutely. Wanda stayed positive to the end and tried to keep the people around her uplifted as well. She is said to have believed they would spare her life all the way up until the moment she was led to the execution chamber. Her last meal was a bag of potato chips. Wow. On the evening of January 11, 2001, Wanda Jean was ex executed by lethal injection. 24 of Gloria's family members showed up to witness the execution, but Wanda Jean did not acknowledge them. Dang. When asked if she wanted to make a final statement, she simply said, quote, forgive them, father, for they know not what they do, end quote. And yeah, that right there pissed Gloria's brother off. He, in the documentary, he's going off. He's like, and then she had the audacity to say this, that, a third, like, fuck that age. I mean, he didn't say that, but in so many words, he basically said that. Mm -hmm. And he was also pissed about what she did next. So after that, she looked over at her lawyer, danced a little, like, on the table, like, did a little jug, and then stuck her tongue out at him in, like, a playful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gloria's brother was like, that's a fucking slap in the face, bitch. Like yeah. you're, you know, you took our, our sister's life and you're going to play around. Like he's still in pain of what she's done. And yeah. she's like, job, you know, I'm she's trying, trying to uplift old that, boy yeah. over here. And, but he's still in his pain. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. He said he thinks she mouthed or the lawyer said he thinks she mouthed. I love you. And then she died and she was 41 years old at the time of her death. And she was pronounced dead at 9.21 p.m. Jeez. That mm -hmm. is, this is hard. This is a yeah. really hard case. It's hard. Let's, we'll get into it after we, I'm almost done. Many people opposing the death penalty rallied against Wanda's execution. Some believe they, some believe that because Oklahoma is considered like a Bible thumping state, the fact that Wanda was a lesbian may have influenced how she was treated. Reverend Robin Myers, who served as a spiritual advisor to Wanda while she was in prison, said, quote, I always suspected that Wanda's renunciation of lesbianism had more to do with helping to revamp herself in the most palatable way for her clemency and appeals processes. 
She knew perfectly well that her being a lesbian was a big strike against her and that it's an embarrassment in the black community. She was going to play the best hand that she could play at the very end, end quote. Dang. And I'm so glad somebody said it because it, it, per the documentary, everyone was singing her praises and, you know, doing this and that. And I'm like, I got fake narcissistic vibes from her. Like I got more of, I'm just enjoying the attention that everyone's giving me, you know, than, oh, I'm really sorry. And I really feel like, you know, I don't want to die. I didn't mm-hmm. get that vibe at all. It just really seemed like she didn't care either way if she lived or died. It was just she was enjoying like the moment and the spotlight. Wow. Really, really weird. But that's really, my opinion. Really dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. But, but that makes me think, how could she go from being so brazen and bold about wanting to, you know, kill her significant, her significant other or willing to do that, mm-hmm. but then completely transform into this person who is so maniacal, so mm-hmm. good at convincing people that she has changed, you know, other than people like you. Well, but it's I like think, that switch is like pretty intense. Well, I think it's, she has to be, if she's able to do one, she has to be able to do the other because she's just not a genuine person. I feel like her being she has able to be to, a socio. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like her being able to fake both is super, super easy for her. And Kristen, all I can do implore you to go watch it just to see her manner mannerism, see how she holds herself. It seems like she has maybe a little bit of like ADHD or you know just anxiety maybe because she's a kind of jittery. But other than that, she doesn't give off that she's dumb at all. She seems like she's pr- pretty smart actually. She can memorize Bible verses very well, you know, so it's just a mind fuck, really. Yeah, this whole case is, to be honest. Yeah. Her family had a beautiful funeral for her, and she looked stunning in that damn casket. Are you mad? <laughs> are you Are you taking the piss? Are you upset? I was like, how is she so gorgeous? Like, she's gorgeous, yeah. but not a good person. For all photos associated with this case, you guys, visit blacktruecrime.com slash blog, and I'll post a few on Instagram. You know, they only let us post 10 there, so. Yeah. And that's our case for this week. Uh, What did you think? Like, what did you think? It was wild. It was just really, really different from some of the cases that we've gone over. Like, to see how quick and swift this court was in deciding Mm -hmm. the fate of Wanda... To the to the point of like the most lethal fate, which yeah. is the death penalty. Yeah. Compared to all the drawn out appeals and appellate cases of other people. It was just very crazy to see how fast that went. Yeah. At the end of the day, like I really want to see, I have to see this documentary to see how she is. Yeah. Like the personality of these people to me is so important because I want to see are there places where I can like see where I'm similar? Are there places where I'm like, oh, <laughs> heck no, I'll never be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do I, I see similarities in these people that I see in people in my own life that I need to fucking to get be out. watchful of? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like to humanize the, the killers because yeah. they were humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but they did horrible things. I have to watch a documentary. Yep. You have to watch it. What did you well, think? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought the case was pretty wild. I didn't think that she should be put to death. Absolutely not. And I feel like the ignorance on the governor's part and, you know, the judge's part in her case 
was just a hot mess. And it's just another example of the justice system fucking failing. Just this time, it was just different. (laughs) Just in a different way. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for understanding the postponing of the live show. And if you guys want to catch this video episode, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BlackYouKindPodcast. All right. We love you guys. And remember, be safe. Protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Ah. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.